Hello and welcome to Watch the Throne. What a lovely day. This is episode 29, Sleepwalking, from 2008. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. With us today, back to talk about a movie that is not the near masterpiece that is The Yards, or <laughs> the dreck that is the Italian job. Ooh. We have Mr. Zach Dazan. Hello, Zach. Hello. Hello. Welcome this back. was a movie. Thank you. I don't think this was heard, a movie. I, that, that's all we. Well, end of yeah, sentence. Well, this was a movie. <laughs> I don't. Let's just you, get it all out. <laughs> had you heard of this movie before you signed up for it? I think this was one no. of which, like, hey, just join us for another one. Here's one that nobody picked. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty much it. I hadn't heard of it. Uh, apparently, it was in Sundance, but yeah, uh, never heard of it. It is on Letterboxd. <laughs> Aside from Waking Up in Reno, which I still love, it is the least seen Charlie's Theron movie of all time. Oh. <laughs> according to Letterboxd, according to people who have logged this movie, mm-hmm. fewer than a thousand people on all of Letterboxd have logged this movie. Well, For no one wants to admit sake, that they've watched it, even if they have. For comparison's sake, Fury Road has been seen by like 240,000 people, so like this is like minuscule in the grand scheme of things. Oh, it, Fury Road, man, of course. <laughs> it's crazy, Joey. The further we get from Waking Up in Reno, the more like I want to rewatch that movie because... It's still in my top five. Ooh, we are far from Reno here tonight. <laughs> well, we might not be because we don't know where this movie takes place because not yeah, the media page <laughs> defines where this movie happens. I liked uh, before the show the way Zach put it. Zach, where does this movie take place? Um, when <laughs> I yep. just find that amusing that a season is a destination. <laughs> but that's basically the gist here. Like we I don't feel like we ever get geography, like we never really get like a sense of place at all throughout this nope. movie. I don't know where they start, where they go, and what they're up to. The state is winter, the city is sad. <laughs> yes. I live in sad winter. Whoever could have imagined that a movie directed by a visual effects artist and written by a film colorist would have had underdeveloped characters characters or an underbaked plot. Yeah, you would expect Thor Ragnarok out of that combination, you know, like something with dazzling special effects and really great color. <laughs> yeah, and yet we got neither. We didn't yeah. even get their strengths. We had them being like, "No, man, let's let's cross let's cross train. Let's learn a new craft on this and not even touch our strong suits." Uh, well, that's something I wanted to address just real quick up front because usually, well, not usually, but, you know, from time to time during bad movies, there's it's at least nice to look at. Like there's nice cinematography, there's right. all this kind of stuff and like Ooh. I uh, yeah, exactly. You are a professional photographer. Can you <laughs> kind of lay into this a little bit? Because like it is, it is dreary. It is. It's almost as if it's not trying to look nice. I don't yeah. know what's happening with this. Before this, we talked about uh, how the this d- director was named Bill Maher, uh, and we yes, talked about yes. uh, instituting a game uh, called New Rules. All right, here or we go. Before we start the clock. Before we go any further, it is time to play New Rules. Do you want to play New Rules or you want to say something else before? I, I think I don't know if we need to play it like all at once, but if we just kind of like when we had something we could say in a pithy comment, we could come in with a new rule. All right. Okay. Well, okay. That's, how about how about that's I like that. I like that. How about we each start with one new rule? All right. yes. And then we'll we'll drop the rest. Well, I had one that was regarding to your question. So, oh, go okay. ahead. Then go as ahead. a photographer, new rules came in. New rule: a slow zoom is no substitute for a dolly move or a sincerely <laughs> emotional moment. Yeah, yeah. I think you get one, and it has to mean something. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Mine, mine, mine sort of relates to the look and feel of the movie. So, Joey, may I go next? Sure. So, my first new rule is: don't make a '90s indie drama. Uh, in the year 2008, it, <laughs> it wasn't going to work then, and it sure shit isn't playing. Oh, man. My first new rule is that if you're going to sell us on a bill of goods as being a Charlize Theron movie, don't write her out 20 minutes to the movie, <laughs> only to have her come back in the last 10 and have nothing to do with the plot. And yet, you know, it was about her abandoning the daughter, and I thought it was a very brilliant meta touch is to it? have her abandon us. <laughs> well, I think we can say that now uh, <laughs> and appreciate it, but watching Can the I movie, convince you? This is a minor masterpiece. Minor masterpiece. <laughs> no, anyone? No. Well, no. Listen, though. I mean, I am. Further, we get from the yards. The more I am considering that a masterpiece, not just like a minor ah, one, but from oh, what we've yeah. been dealing with. <laughs> Give me Mark Wahlberg, please. Stockholm syndrome. Almost. I mean, Nick Stahl's not that bad, but wait. Um, so, do you know who Nick Stahl is in terms of the grand scheme of things? He looks super oh, familiar. Oh yeah, yeah. I knew him as an actor, and then didn't he kind of have some troubles after that, and that's why he's not been around for a while? Or I don't know that. Maybe. Okay. I know him mostly from Terminator and this Terminator movie. 3. Terminator 3. Third Times we'll the Charm. Co- which we will get there next season. Uh, this movie, Bully, which was like a really 
dark sort of like aggressive teen crime film, I guess. I don't know. Bijou Phillips is in there too somewhere, I guess. But that's all I really knew him as an actor. And then I think he had some kind of troubles and sort of stopped acting. Is he any good in those things? He's. I liked him. Yeah, I, I thought he was good in those. That's why I was like, what's going on here? He's, he's also just... notably to me in a movie, you know, when we talk about color or lack thereof, he's also the yellow bastard in Sin City. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. That's right. He's under so much gear. I didn't, I never recognized him. Now, what I did not realize, because I don't, why would I ever re- know who this girl is, but the girl who plays Charlize's daughter is in the way, way back. She's the cute next door neighbor that the kids oh. in love with. Uh, so that's cool. Okay. Yeah. And she's in Because of Win Dixie, right? That's what I knew her from. I guess. I've never seen that. I okay, it's like Win Dixie. She's also uh, in The Carrie Diaries, which I think was canceled after no a year. way. She's young yeah. Carrie Bradshaw. Oh, she looks super familiar, but then she also looks like, I don't know, she kind of looks like a lot of other people, too. I was getting her crossed with, um, what's her name, the older sister. <laughs> it's not really narrowing it down, but from... She's uh, just like a cute little blonde girl. Like, there's yeah, yeah. Really, I mean, she's pretty good in this, I think. Yeah. You know who's not very good in this, I think, for a while, is Charlize Theron. I don't oh, think God. she's very good mm. for the entire time in the beginning of the movie when she's like set on like manic mode, where she oh, is God. just full steam ahead. It is maybe the worst acting that we've seen her do in a movie so far. When she finally is able to sort of take a step back and, like, reflect on her things, and, you know, after she brings that trucker home and bangs him on the <laughs> kitchen table, which, by the way, new rule, if you're going to be staying with your brother after your husband was arrested for marijuana possession, don't go banging dudes on his dining room table. So that's a new rule for <laughs> you, Charlotte. She's a terrible Starr. guest. Just the worst house guest. But that scene afterwards, it came out of nowhere. I mean, it was just like suddenly she teleported out of her bedroom and it was like it, there was like no passing of time indicated. And then suddenly she was just in the sweatshirt, like wake, woke up his, her brother. And in the beginning, it kind of felt like everybody got a monologue, you know, like everyone like everyone got to talk a little bit too pithily. That, that whole age, like, like when a woman asks uh, how old she looks, she really oh, wants. Yeah. yeah. She really wants you to say what age she looks like. She wants to look like 25. Mm. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Joey, I think we have an issue here, which I had last week, because I also, I thought up until now last week was bad, but this is like kind of, this is worse. And I think it's not really like it wasn't her fault entirely last week. It's the character. It's like the role and yep. the way it's written. And it's just not, it, it doesn't follow a logic. <laughs> like she, And I don't, I don't know if that's what they're getting at. Like she's frantic, manic, all this kind of stuff, a bipolar maybe. I don't know. It's not clarified ever. Yeah. And it just comes off as sort of like choppy writing really and she's i think she's doing the best but yeah it's over the top because the rest of this movie is like trying to put you to sleep and like <laughs> you know she's keeping you awake until she bows out 15 minutes in and then it's just like snooze fest for the rest of the movie until dennis hopper shows up and gets killed out of nowhere <laughs> like, it, this, this movie actually seems to kidnap you into thinking that she did a good job by dint of making everybody else so unbelievably dull for the rest of it I think in, in retrospect, I was like, God, I miss Charlie's. And then, but, but like in the beginning, I was just like, this is terrible. Yeah, like as bad as she is, I think there's worse performances throughout this film. Like I got a, okay, so I got a new rule here from a man, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> new so, rules. New rule. If you're going to hire Woody Harrelson, don't have him play himself. He is clearly not aware there's cameras rolling. He is just hanging out with his friends and trying to give Nick Stahl a a little help, a place to crash for the night. But yeah, there's just like, I just felt no character there. I felt no motivation. It just felt to me like he was playing, you know, himself. Uh, It was weird. It's very strange. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's not very good. He's not very, you know... And I like him in in just about everything, too. So So also, this is the third time in like six movies that he's been in a movie with Charlize. Oh, yeah. He was his uh, husband. He was her husband in the last movie. Casting directors have no imagination. And he was also in North Country. Oh, man, that's right. He was the lawyer who got with her. Sort of yeah. got, or almost got with her, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, wow. They're keeps coming back. I like that. Like, he's good in North Country, for sure. Like, yep. he's, yeah, very good in that role. Like, he's got chops. Like, I like him showing up and new stuff and everything. So it was a bummer to just see him drinking beer and doing bong rips <laughs> under, like, two hats. He had a Rasta hat and a baseball hat on. Like, come on. He's clearly... Just hanging out on set. Not very good. Not very good at all. Um, so, I don't even know what to... Because, like, nothing happens in this movie. Like, 
I don't know if so. I, I wasn't mentally <laughs> checked into this because from the beginning, it's just like this movie's not going to like. It didn't feel good. Like mm-hmm. it didn't feel like a, a well-made movie. And then it just sort of drifts aimlessly for a while. I don't know if I really got the sense. I just read the Wikipedia page that her husband was arrested for marijuana possession. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I know that, like the cops no, were there growing. raiding her house, stealing yeah. her coffee can full of money. You know, doing this whole thing, taking the daughter out of school because they think she's like in an unsafe environment or whatever. It sort of just feels vague, like there's trouble at home. And then she goes to pick up her brother, and then she's got her own sort of journey, and then she's gone. And then it's yeah. the the brother and her daughter trying to like make it in this crazy mixed up world of ours. And it's <laughs> I don't like what's the point? Okay. Is it just supposed to be like a hey man, life is tough? Well I think it's supposed to sort of be like, you know, we drift through life type of movie. Like we're all you know, like the title's supposed to imply. Like they're sleepwalking through life. Like I understand what they're going for. They're just not executing it. There's good movies like this out there dealing with this type of thing where it's like, oh a child gets handed off to a relative and they have to make it work. I mean Hunt for the Wilder people, the Taika Tiki movie about just like a boy who was uh, placed in a foster home and then the mother dies and the husband has to raise him like that is sort of got like similar like ideas going on here but the execution in that is like flawless here this movie even starts like it feels like it's starting in the middle of the first act there's this very quick voiceover by Charlize over the opening credits where she's at like the police station and it's all just sort of disjointed and what I really don't like is the movie hands it itself off to other characters so like it starts yep. as Charlize yep. then hands it off to Nick Stahl then That's hands the it off problem. to the little girl then hands yep. it off to Dennis Hopper it's like dude no 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 like I can't I couldn't handle all the handing off either and so it's just very disjointed and I don't like the nature of that Did, well, you want to talk about the most disjointed scene in, yeah. in the movie yeah pool it's scene the pool scene so new I knew it if you, if you want to add extra dimension to a character, don't do it by adding a new genre to a scene. And don't sexualize like a 11, 12-year-old girl like that. Yeah, like, it was super that's weird. That's what I got out. It was weird. Where'd she get that outfit from? Where are those kids? What? What's happening? It turned it turned into she a coming-of-age scene. into the pool? It was literally <laughs> lifted from like the edge of seven, like a coming-of-age movie or something like, like that. Like Lolita or something. I don't know what. I mean, they're at a dumpy motel and she's just laying by the side of the pool, fully clothed, but like in weird clothes. And two creepy little kids are staring at her from a hot tub. And then Nick Stahl comes out and like, hey, there's some boys you can play with. And she's like, what? No. Like, what? No. That's kind of the end of the scene. And then they leave the motel. She leaves the roller skates behind. And they, like, pick them up and smell them or something? Like, I don't know. Maybe they don't do that. Maybe it, maybe that's just in my brain. But it's just a weird development. <laughs> it's it's even weirder because, like, that song starts playing. I can't remember what song starts playing. But it's like that. It's a popular 70s song. And it's just such a mood shifter, you know? It's supposed to be, like, I guess what she's hearing in her head. She takes out a pack of cigarettes, lights one up, roller skates around to the diving board, goes and stops on the edge of the diving board and the two kids are like oh my god she's so badass like check her out she dives into the swimming pool fully clothed with her roller skates on sinks to the bottom does like a ballerina twirl and looks up to the sky and then we fade out and suddenly we're like in a whole other scene like that's the end yep. of that scene it's yep. it's like the worst it was so so weird well i have, I have, a, I have a new rule for you that if you're gonna go on the lamb as supposedly father and daughter, and you're going to show up to your actual father's house, if you're going to visit your deadbeat dad and lie about your daughter, you might want to have your backstory and lies straight before <laughs> just babbling your history. It supposedly had hours to figure it out. Oh, okay, but. well, I think, okay, this leads us to Nick Stahl's character. We find out towards the end that Dennis Hopper, the abusive father who, you know, raised him on a farm and took him out of schools and called him a dummy and all this stuff. So, like, he's got, you know, issues and things, but... But, like, what is going on, really, with this guy? Like, is he really supposed to be, like, am I supposed to believe, like, he's actually asleep with his eyes open throughout this movie? Like, because that would make more sense than Mm. some decisions he's making, you know? Like, the police sit him down, and it's like, well, say something. Say, like, don't just be like, I overslept. Be like, oh, you know, like... Um, we're trying to work it out. Like, I, I have a job. Like, we're just on our way to school. He doesn't say, like, any of this stuff to the cop right. or the social worker. It, he's just, like, whatever about everything. And, and that is super frustrating. He also just seems to do anything anyone asks him to do without any regard to the consequences. That's, like, how he would just drop everything to, like, 
help her ditch school. He got like fired because he just couldn't say no to this kid who just like they had no chemistry. They had no reason to, to suggest that he cared for her enough to do any of these things, and yet he or did everything. Or cared for her enough to abduct her and create an Amber Alert when yeah. she's reported Dude. missing from the foster home. <laughs> yeah, Which that was wild. He was driving his original car at that point, right? Nobody called it in? Nobody? No, no. And then when he shows up at his dad, like, we find out his dad knew, because the cops showed up and are like, yeah. your son and your granddaughter are on the lam, but it's not his daughter. It's your deadbeat daughter's yeah. daughter. And he's like, get off my... Well, we don't see the scene, but I'm just imagining him with like a shotgun in one hand saying, get off my property, pigs, or something. <laughs> Dennis Hopper is walking... Telling him everything he knows about California. Dude, it's just a walking cliche of like... I grew up on the salt of the earth and I'm an asshole yeah. because of it. And it's, oh, that just, that was just, just, just like a turn too much. When, when we got to the farm and it was Dennis Hopper, mm. I kind of threw up my arms and I was like, of course it is. <laughs> and it was death by is. chores. It was like a Cinderella, literal Cinderella story. I looked on Letterboxd before I started watching it. And there were only five actors listed and it is Charlize, Nick Stahl, the daughter, Woody Harrelson, and Dennis Hopper. And I was like, where is he going to show up? Like, at what point is he going to drop in? It's like, oh, of course he's the dad. And then as soon as he, like, hits the daughter, I was like, oh, he's got to die. Like, he's going to die at some point. Yeah. And then, like, it's maybe a minute and a half later that yeah. uh, Nick Stahl kills him, which, new rule, if you're going to abduct a kid and create an Amber Alert, you might as well murder someone, too, because you're already wanted <laughs> by the law. Which, yeah. by the way, he, does, does the fade out at the end of that movie suggest he gets away with it? Because, like, that was, like, the lamest escape ever. Well, so that's the crazy thing. So there <laughs> is this cop who, I guess, hates Charlize but kind of likes Nick Stahl. Detective Keith Charles. Yes. Yeah, but he, yeah, from... Um, six Feet Under. Yeah, Six Feet Under. He's great on that. I was like, where's he from? And after the movie, I looked him up. I was like, oh, of course. So at the end of the movie, after the Amber Alert is out and the police are looking for Nick Stahl and the daughter, he calls this cop and is like, look, I'm on my parents' farm. I just... He says, I yes. murdered my dad. The cops here won't understand. What do I do? The cops where? Where? I think you're in the same county. Like, no, I think they drove a no, far... Drove I, think a I think they go to Utah. I think okay. they mentioned okay. Utah. And then the cop's like, this conversation never happened if you don't want it to. Yeah. It's like, like, bring the, bring the girl that. back, turn yourself in, and I'll just pretend like you didn't murder someone. You'll just get charged with abduction. And it's like... <laughs> You'll do way better in what? prison for abduction rather than murder. Yeah, and he even, he even sort of implies, like, maybe you won't even go to prison. We'll think of something. Self-defense it somehow, yeah. But, I mean, that was total... Like, he could have totally gotten away. I mean, it seemed... I think his... I think those cops would have believed him. His dad seemed like a real asshole and, like, caused the community problems and shit and, like... she you know, It's better off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially if she testified because it was, you know, self-defense to a degree. Yeah. I'll or split your fucking other... head open with this shovel. Like, I or think like, after someone says you that like to you... I'll break you like I broke the horses. Yeah, like... I don't know. In a movie, you have the right to hit him back. <laughs> Speaking of horses, if you're going to have a horse who loves apples, and you don't want anybody to feed the horse those apples, maybe <laughs> tell people not to feed the horse those apples. That horse didn't even look like it really wanted to eat that apple. It was, like, not eating it. No, it was, it was not into that <laughs> apple. But don't keep a basket of apples next to the horse, then? Yeah. <laughs> New rule. Uh, if your granddaughter's only been on a farm for a day, don't slap her around and yell at her for not yep. knowing how to clean the shit out of a place. Yep. Like. What is that about? It was definitely her idea to give the horse whatever disease he was mentioning. Colic. Colic? No, no colic, colic was the apples. Uh, it was like something hoof. Oh, there's, wait, so the horse was, like, they were, he was like saying that the horse is going to get two different diseases? Yeah. yeah. If, yeah. If, wow. if you gave him the apples, it would get colic, and if you didn't clean the shit out, you'd get like trench foot or something. It was something it was Right, that's else. what I learned from this movie. That's like what this movie has <laughs> to offer the most. Apples Just give horses horses can die colic. in so many ways. They're so horse delicate. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm already wondering if I'm if I'm am I out of notes about this? Like I don't know. <laughs> I actually have a question about up. like why were those horses even on a farm? If you're like broke, what kind of farm is that? Is that just a dirt farm? Like what is going on with that farm? I don't understand what people do on farms in movies because it just doesn't seem what they do on farms in real life. I thought about that for a sec, but then I realized it was winter, so oh, maybe okay. like it, it was fallow. Maybe they had maybe they had crops in the in the other times. Mm. But there were steer. And, cows and stuff but okay. like he only had like five of them like you can't really support yourself on selling five cows oh that's right because i guess when they was when they showed up one was being born and i guess it was stillborn or something and i guess that was supposed to be a metaphor oh, i missed that uh, oh, okay. <laughs> i caught that one. Oh no i did see that i thought it was like a pig or something i don't know what that was 
whatever it was, it was born dead. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I get it. Everything born on this ranch is dead. Like, it's all <laughs> fucked here. <laughs> like, yeah. Which they try to go for, but I don't know. It's just too little, too late, I guess. Because the movie shifts into, like, a whole different mode. Like, it keeps shifting, you know? Like, the first act is way different than this long, drawn-out road trip of a second act. And then the third act is, like, a completely different tone. It's like, it really gets into, like, Nightmare Town and, oh, you yeah. know, leans real heavy into that. They tried to get a little conceptual and didn't quite do so well. Yeah, it's amazing that Dennis Hopper is murdered by Shovel in the same scene that roller skates jumps off a diving board. Like, those two <laughs> scenes, just, it's amazing they're in the same movie together. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, and it's not like Kill Bill, <laughs> like which would have both of those scenes in it. Yeah, yeah, by no means is this like an action thriller. Right, there's no intention for either of those scenes to really be here. I, I mean, we could play this game all night and... We kind of do that on Third Times of Charm sometimes, but like I would have really gone for Charlize drops, you know, abandons her daughter with Nick Stahl and the two of them like help each other turn their life around and like actually make it, you know, like Nick Stahl like starts showing up to work more, gets her ready for school, like becomes responsible. Child welfare is knocking on the door, but they're doing everything they can to keep him away. And like it actually turns their life around. Then Charlize can show back up to like reclaim like her daughter and everything. And at that point, there's like the real sort of like tension and drama. Conflict. That would have been a really well-focused movie. That would have been nice. You should make I actually thought it was, you know, I gave it a chance. I was like, I hope it tries to go there and then they hit the road i was like oh shit he's like kidnapped his own niece and like what are we doing i don't like that i didn't like that part so what actually happens so Charlize is on a date with a trucker right yeah. and she goes out comes back bangs the dude on her table has the emptiest i love you like he just she, she says oh. to him right mm-hmm. say i love you even if you don't mean it he's like Okay, I love you. And it's just, that's like, that's really sad. Like, that's very, Super very sad. sad. She just leaves the next morning with her, with him? Pretty much. Like, not if not the next morning, like the next day, she's gone when they all get back and stuff. Right, because that, that evening was when they had that conversation. Child welfare shows up a few scenes later, and he's lost his job, and she's late for school. And so they put her in a halfway house, and he goes to visit her on her birthday. Do you say a few and seasons later? A few, <laughs> a few scenes later, but yeah, a few oh. episodes later. <laughs> Um, uh, like, uh, he goes and visits her and she's like, oh, like, just take me out for the day or something. And then she's like, let's get out of here for good. Let's go find my mom. And he's like, well, okay, because I get pushed around by everybody and can't be a, a authority figure in anyone's life. Yeah. Um, and stand up for myself. So he basically, she pushes him around to, to get them on the road. Um, and then I think once they realize that they're wanted, they go like the only place they have to go is the ranch so they're right. kind of stuck at the ranch for a while right and that's the movie like yeah basically like he, <laughs> he kills his dad and they go back like Charlize just like shows up what is happening I don't yeah. know I don't know uh, there are two things I want to say early on in the movie that I liked. Uh, Charlize in cowboy boots. That's cool. I think that might be a first for her. Oh, yeah. Uh, like the cowboy cool. Is it really? Her. It seems so natural for her. And what's strange, in that it, I don't think it ever comes back, Charlize uses an inhaler, and I was like, oh, just like, what's her face in Trapped? Just like... Oh, the daughter. Dakota Fanning. No, not Dakota Fanning. Yeah, is it Dakota, it Dakota Fanning? Yeah, well, that's who I was thinking of in this movie as the daughter. That's who oh. I was trying to mention earlier as yes, the older sister. the older sister. sister. <laughs> <laughs> well, because Elle Fanning is the younger yes. sister. Sorry, and she is the the sister. Right. Um, let me see here. Oh, there's a, so she's been a mom before. She's actually yep. been a single mom in, in a very good movie, that, that yep. uh, Valley of Ella movie, which is good. Um, but there's something that kind of popped up here about a movie that came out recently. So recently there was a movie that we'll get to eventually that was really in and out of theaters called Gringo. Yep. And that was about weed. Yep. And this movie sort of has like that weed element where yep. it's like her boyfriend was the weed dealer. And can I just say like, I think being busted for weed cropping is now just going to date a movie for the rest mm-hmm. now like in, in 10 years later it's a period piece um, yeah. right it's yeah it's going to be considered a period piece did you guys even forget the fact and i think even from the beginning like from that you know getting busted by you know the, the weed getting busted for weed or whatever it feels like most of this movie it feels shakespearean like it feels like a tragedy that's like it fe- and maybe that's just my like backhanded way of saying it feels like we've seen this before because it feels like <laughs> yes. there's just this whole through line of like and it's not because I, I didn't see anything that was you know i think this is an original script i mean quote unquote original but 
I feel like it just feels like, oh, you know, the son has to murder the father and, you know, has to, like, has the sister. It's just everything feels mm. very archetypal. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a good thing. You can use that. Like, there's no problem, because, I mean, there's only, like, 12 stories in the world, right? There's Like, there's a very limited amount of stories you can really tell, but it's about how you twist that story into being something unique or original or whatever, right? And, like, here, <laughs> you can have a story where it's just sort of generic as hell if you do something with the characters or the way that they interact with each other or the development of stories or whatever, whatever. Here, it's just not that at all. Be careful with that because when you try, they, they try to twist it too much, you end up with the pool scene. So, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, and like, I feel like that's where this movie kind of fails is trying to be like a combo flick. It's like, okay... There's a genre out there, like I was kind of saying earlier, where, um, you know, it's like, all right, we're family, even though, like, we're not blood or like, like, I mean, there's kind of like, you know, even in Logan, where it's like, you're not my daughter, but you're my daughter, and I'm going to raise you and like, they grow closer together. And he's more like an uncle or whatever. But like, there's a films like, like, I think a gifted, I didn't see gifted, but you know, Captain America raises his niece and she's a prodigy and has to battle for custody and all this stuff. Seems like a much better version of this movie. And then there's road trip films. Um, and it kind of seems like this guy's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take like one of those sort of heartfelt family drama things where I'm raising my niece and I'm going to combine it with a road trip film. We're going to go on the road and have adventures and it's going to be fun. But somewhere along the line, like he forgot the fun and it's just like reality set in and it's like amber alerts and abusive parents and like the law and like changing our identity it's like this isn't this isn't like what i want really out of like a a, like a road trip i want like a good time and having fun and like sure there can be consequences but like let's have some fun first yeah so i don't know maybe in trying to push this genre he like kind of broke it a little bit or just like he's just not gifted enough to like interweave it well enough yeah it's kind of like they kind of get the broad strokes of how to make a movie like this but they just you know don't have the experience or talent or something to to actually nail the stick the landing there's a uh, pretty good kidnap film with kevin costner um i always forget the name of it though but i think it i always forget the name of it he like kind of accidentally well kidnaps this kid he ends up going on like a crime spree with him and there's a bit of like a stockholm syndrome and it's got like a like that is a very good believable sort of relationship that's crafted between those performances and stuff and it's it could work is i guess what i'm getting at and it's just when it can't it's kind of miserable any story can work in the right hands (laughs) except for this one there was some really really weird interchanges of conversation did you notice, like, if you really listen to what, like, the dad was saying when we first entered in on them, he was listing things he knew about California, and then he said, what else do I know about California? And then they abruptly changed the topic and just started talking about whatever the actual scene was about. Well, I feel like the dad, like, I, I mean, not that, the, not that any real part of this movie is well-written, but I feel like the Dennis Hopper character is, like, especially poorly written. Like, it's just like, <laughs> how do we make him seem that there's a history here, but they're not close? That right. he is knowledgeable, but also completely oblivious at the same time. And it's like, oh, well, we can just have him talk about that and, like, have him have, like, these old-timey values about, you know, I don't see any ring on your finger, like, where's your wife? And it just, it feels like he's a cobbled-together collection of stereotypes oh, as yeah. opposed to an actual character. And I, didn't, I don't think I heard the California thing. I think I probably oh, yeah. zoned out on that. But like, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of zoning. If you hadn't didn't pay attention, there's another one in the diner. I can't remember exactly what was happening, but somewhere in the diner, he asks something and she either completely ignores the question or just asks, asks a different question. It, it, some of these scenes, I, I swear I was watching The Room. Uh, it, it just <laughs> felt like it just felt like, someone, like, like high doggy was about to happen. Mm. It was so strange. I do have a new role. Uh, this is kind of not really related to anything. <laughs> in particular uh if your main character's last name is reedy don't name her daughter tara who was, is oh, that tara, you said that before tara, tara, reedy. tara reedy oh tara reed okay 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 i get it so now. i was very distracted by that straight from like i never thought i'd be like i wish tara reed was in a movie but like, <laughs> here we are i wish tara reed was in this movie well i do really i think the girl is the best part of this movie yeah yeah she's she's strong she was great I think. yeah she was she's good just, it's 
really tough to I feel like it's just what she's given to do it's hard to track you know what I'm saying like I can't imagine for her the actor and as like for me the viewer it was impossible to, to sort of track her like state of mind you know or anything like is she happy now is she sad now like I really couldn't get a grip on her but that kind of leads to just like every character is inconsistent like that like take Dennis Hopper like this guy's a prick like there's no indication that he knew that that he knew this isn't Nick Stahl's daughter, but it's Charlie's daughter. And then the scene comes along where it's convenient, so he could say like they came along, and I knew like and you, know, you know, and I yeah, because like he would have turned him in. Like he doesn't give a shit about his son. Like it's not even like he needs like these extra hands on the farm. Like he doesn't really want them around. I mean, he's just playing mind games, trying to be like you know like Mr. Big Shot around his son who's had under his thumb his whole life but like that just felt very inconsistent to me I was like no 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 like you don't know that that's not his daughter like that's bullshit movie like he would have turned him (laughs) in or like there would have been an earlier thing when he showed up and been like I know that's not your daughter and now you're gonna work for free for me and you're fucked now and like you're stuck you're back home like oh you know like they could have made something out of that and yeah. so that's why I feel like it was a moment where the writer's like, I'm just going to have him know this at this point. Yeah. I think my only other note about this is that I wrote down toward the end, we're now in the Charlize wandering around part of this movie. <laughs> she spends five minutes of the movie, like, looking for them, it seems like, right? At the end, right? Yeah. Like, she gets back into After town. After she comes and, back. Mm-hmm. She goes to the old place, and she they haven't changed the locks, and it's like a whole new family living in Nick Stahl's apartment. And she goes to her old place, and all the stuff's all over the front yard. Um, and then she, like, goes to the cops i think like that's really weird too like the cop is like oh i'll help you find your daughter it's like what is happening here like they don't like each other what is happening (laughs) but he's a very dedicated detective with nothing else to do he knows a strange amount about her and her daughter for a detective i feel like it feels like there's a history there that the movie does not go into at all Mm. because like he's very aggressive toward her in the beginning of the movie like, it feels like they're in and out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, maybe just, like, routine run-ins. Like, I think that the movie wants you to make these jumps into backstories and relationships between characters, but, like, they don't really establish any real... Like, you sort of have to make the jumps on your own. Which, I mean, there's there's something to be said for restraint. Like, for I, for one, didn't even need to see the dad in the jail scene. Like, that wasn't really necessary, was it? No. Yeah. No. I, no I, I I'm okay with, like, kind of leaving some things to the imagination. I think that's good filmmaking, but... But, no, but you can't leave the entire thing to the imagination. <laughs> True. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I agree with you that, like, you can, le- you, can, you can let the audience make its own jumps and calculations and whatever, 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 but at the same time, you can't do that about everything. Like, you can't just be like, oh, you can fill in all the gaps and all the backstories about all these characters, because you, you've seen movies before, right? <laughs> at this point, that, at that point, they'd just be admitting that they hadn't put anything original in the movie after all. Like, yeah, well, you I, can yeah, figure fill it in. You've seen it. <laughs> I, I actually kind of like the way it worked a little better with the cop, you know, trying to get a read on him, because it's, I could understand his frustration. It's like, I want to help the people in my community, but I have to arrest them. It's like, I can't always be a good cop, you know, there has to be a time where I draw the line every once in a while, and then, so I'm able to buy it a little easier at the end when it's like an actual crisis and that he's there to help get her back and everything like that but um yeah that's like kind of the only time like any kind of vagueness is working for me especially since i didn't think like dennis hopper even needed to be in the movie like i felt like the kid and the girl could have figured themselves out with each other um you know how to to sort of like take care of themselves and stuff but well do either of you have anything else to talk about with this movie or are we sort of uh pretty much oh uh the last thing i just wanted to say about it is like it really like I was super surprised we didn't at least cut away once or twice to Charlize like with the trucker and we had no idea what she was doing on her on her runaway or right why. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah that's exactly what I was talking about like I, I, a normal movie would maybe do that be like what is uh, the decision where she's like this is enough like maybe you know the money's run out or whatever like she catches truck driver dude like with another woman or she just gets left at a hotel and wakes up with no one the next morning like I really would have liked a moment like that actually like thinking about that like i would be absolutely okay with that about not seeing her at all if the movie didn't set it up as being her story right yes like if if it's firmly in the perspective of the brother or the daughter Mm -hmm. you can cut away to her or you can you can have her leave the picture and like leave the daughter there and that's fine you know what i mean but don't set it as her like like you were saying, like, you know, voiceover opening over, over the opening credits. And, like, she's the one taking the action, bringing the daughter out of school, picking up the brother, 
going to get the money, all this different stuff. Like, it's like American Honey if, you know, Star drops the kids off in the beginning, and then all of a sudden we're with her sister, and it's like, what? Wait, that's not... <laughs> what? And then, like, yeah, all of yeah. a sudden we get back at the end, and, like, Star is just... Like, Star comes back in, and Shy is there. He's like, wait, where were these people for two hours? Like, yeah. it's not... It, it wouldn't work. Yeah, we yeah. got the far less interesting side of the story. Like, we should have just gotten in the truck with Charlize and had that road trip movie relationship thing going on, and then, you know, at the end, check back in with Nick Stahl, see yep. what's happening. What's ha- hey, how's Dad doing? <laughs> Zach, do you have any other uh, any other notes or any other thoughts about sleepwalking? No. Cool. <laughs> okay, so we have a new game that we started last week on the show. We are no longer doing the remake game or the pitch a sequel game or the link Charlize Worlds together. Instead, what we're doing is inserting either Charlize's character or, if it doesn't fit, Charlize Theron, the actress, into the new release of the weekend that this podcast comes out. So this podcast, as we're recording, comes out next weekend, where the big movie release of the weekend is The Incredibles 2. So, Zach, if you had to take this deadbeat mother and put her into The Incredibles 2, (laughs) could you do that? Or if not, how would Charlize, what role would Charlize play in the world of The Incredibles 2? Just like all the other games we play, no wrong answers, just about creativity, but how would you weave in either her character or the actress into this world. God, I mean, w- wouldn't it be fantastic to see a version of The Incredibles in which Elastigirl elopes with a truck driver for most of the time <laughs> and the rest of the family just has to cope with raising a baby what's-his-face? Uh, Jack-Jack? Jack-Jack. Jack-Jack. As, <laughs> yeah, that would be quite the unexpected movie, something only Pixar could really pull off. And then Elastigirl comes back at the end. They're like, hey, I'm back now. <laughs> yes, but uh, they're staying with Frozone's dad, and he's abusive, and uh, <laughs> and, they have to, and he's the villain, and they have to kill him. Oh, man, that's so good. The shoveler. <laughs> the shoveler. I love it. The horse god. Yes. <laughs> All right, Mike, do you have an idea? Because, I mean, that's that's pretty great. I feel like we, we <laughs> should each do one, though. But, I mean, I don't know if we're going to be yeah. able to top that one, because that was just so <laughs> quick and so right to the heart of the matter. But, you know, Mike, what do you any thoughts you have for this? So I only came up with one thing, and I think it works either if it's this character or it could be a new character but i think this this could be okay charlie's actually no it would have to be, it couldn't be this character because nick stall all right my idea charlie's <laughs> is mr incredible's sister okay mrs incredible that's her deal like that's the movie like um they go in as a family to like swoop in and save the day but it's already been done by her and she sort of like steals the spotlight and she's like perfect and everything and all that kind of stuff uh maybe we find out that she's been staging all of like the incidents and like she's actually like masterminding the villainy behind it all and so it's like a brother sister sibling sibling rivalry kind of thing this movie started to have and completely abandoned when her character left the movie for (laughs) you know like 90 minutes so yeah yeah. i'm gonna go with that I like that. That is, in a way, not quite, you know, the relationship, but sort of, or maybe it is, I don't remember, but that seems also similar, and not, this is not like an insult, just like a cool, a little bit of a preview for next week, Hancock. I feel like it's sort of some kind of rivalry there, too, if I'm not mistaken, between her and Will Smith, right? So Yeah, it's been a while since I saw all of Hancock, because I usually turn it off at a certain point we'll get there we'll talk about it but but yeah they have a complex relationship in that movie the, the way that i could see her fitting in i don't i don't know that her character necessarily could fit in if as, if, as long as you know it's not elastigirl being a deadbeat sister for most of the movie which i do really love <laughs> or a deadbeat mother i mean i'm sorry deadbeat mother and sister what i would like to see because i was my first thought not necessarily best thought was to see her as a villain because i feel like she has that like really arch quality, but I think we're going to get her as a villain in a couple movies coming up. What I really want to see, and I don't think we've seen her in this role yet, and I don't know if we're going to from here on out, I would love to see her as sort of like a frazzled hacker who like they have to like call on to help with like a, like uh, one of their missions or something. Oh, yeah. so like uh, no superpowers? No superpowers, no. It's just yeah. she's super smart, and that. she's like sort of stuck in a room somewhere. Because I feel like... We've, we've sort of been talking about this for much of the run of Watch the Throne, especially by this point in her career. You know, she's obviously a beautiful actress. You can't really have her be this, like, nerdy, frazzled, you know, before, like the, the before picture of the, you know, right. she's, she's all, all that. that. Right. <laughs> so I think 
if you have an animated movie, you could have her voice and you could have her sort of resemble yeah. Charlize, but you're not like, why is Charlize like this like mousy woman? You know what I mean? Like, but I think that that sort of super smart, hyper intelligent assistant, almost kind of like Shadow Cage Club, G Force, like a Speckles, you know, behind the scenes. <laughs> maybe also like Speckles. Maybe she flips Ooh. evil. Maybe what she breaks bad. Seth Green in the Italian job. <laughs> Napster. Yes. <laughs> exactly. But I'd like to see that, and I think you know that would sort of make sense. So. Fingers crossed, Incredibles 3 brings Charlize into the fold. Well, I don't even know what Incredibles 2 is about coming out uh, next week. So, like, I don't either, but be, I know that Charlize is very... not in it. No, but, I mean, any of these plot lines could, you know, <laughs> surface. So, I mean, some, imagine Some more if, likely than others. Imagine if the movie is about, like, divorce and she, the last girl leaves and him with the kids and, like, for, like, a bigger hero. That would be incredible. Oh, my God, that would be unbelievable. I mean, come on. <laughs> it would be the titular Incredibles. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so the last segment on the show, actually, before we get into the last segment of the show, uh, we do have an email address, no emails today, watch at cageclub.me. Let us know what you think, say hi, just check in, just say hi, you know, if you like this new game, I feel like this game is fun, I think we're going to sort of mm-hmm. stray from it probably in a handful more episodes, but I like this more than the other ones, it's, it's breezier, it's more fun, it's quicker, I like all these things. But, yes. email us, watch at cageclub.me. Let us know what you think. The next, the last, the final segment on the show is the Watch the Throne Awards, perhaps the Golden Wallpapers, perhaps the Golden Teeth. What should we nominate this film for, (laughs) good, bad, otherwise? Is this worst Hmm. film caliber? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I think so. I think so. What's on that list so far? There's a bunch of them. We've got 15 Minutes, Battle in Seattle, Celebrity, The Curse of the Jade Scorpion, Hollywood Confidential, The Life and Death of Peter Sellers, Reindeer Games, and Trapped. It's like almost every movie we've watched. It's a lot of our movies. (laughs) We could almost, almost, almost take 15 minutes off of that. Almost, but not yet. (laughs) Well, I I feel like, and fingers crossed, we're not going to have too many more. Like, I'm now surprised mm-hmm. when we get to a movie that's bad. Right. But... I feel like we had a shift a couple episodes yes. ago, but yep. uh, we're being betrayed now. We are. <laughs> what did we do to deserve this, Mike? I don't know what we did to deserve this. I think it, I think it came from you know almost doing Affleck. Like the universe is still kind of getting back at us a little bit. No, we like, did the right <laughs> thing. We pivoted. I know we did. We pivoted, but we're still paying for it for the idea in the first place. Maybe I don't know. I'm just Jeremy you know. pivoted out of the way. that's right with our rug and all that's right all right worst charlie's roles jolene in sleepwalking well yeah um it's she's not good no it's a terrible and that's not that's again not not condemning her it's more of the role the character what she's been given to do yeah i guess it's got to be there i mean it's just like like a worst cinematography award no we're not really doing that we've we've talked about it i think but we we we've not done that oh the music was Oh, just so god awful! By the way, do, do you know it's just how awful it was? I feel like we should have like a worst needle drop moment, but I can't remember the name of the song. At oh the pool, god! But, uh, but I also, meant the soundtrack itself was so hilariously generic. It was just, it was like so stupid. Or not the soundtrack, well, what, the score. Of the categories we have. Let's see what we. I'm could, going through if, it now. Hold yeah. I'm just looking at the soundtracks now. It was oh oh, it's Funk Forty Nine, Funk Number Forty Nine, right? That's that. Yeah, that's it. I know where you're going. Yep, it's Funk 49 by James Kang. Oh my god. Okay. It just made me be like, oh, like, this is, what? what is this doing? This would be in, like, such a better movie. Okay. Yep. We have Best Wardrobe, which I love the cowboy boots, but we're not going to put it in there. No. Most Dressed Down Appearance. She's supposed to be hot in this. That doesn't, that doesn't no, yeah, you know, yeah. fit in there. Best Accent Voice. Doesn't really have an accent voice. Oh, that's love right. Yeah, we get her normal voice in this movie. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Do, should we do worst love story? Her and the trucker. Oh, God. <laughs> mm, well, we no, never really they, know how that says, plays he out. He says he loves like, her for her. Like that's just true. Really sweet. Of maybe what we get to see. Story. <laughs> I mean, like maybe worst um, dirty corn scene. Like right there in front of your brother and daughter on the kitchen table. I don't think we have sex scene. I don't think okay. we have that as a category. Oh, we have sexiest. Oh, no, we have sexist film, most sexist film, but no, we don't no, have any not, you know, pretty cool this. scenes. Best non do we do we want to nominate best non Charlie's death for Nick Stahl murdering Dennis Hopper? I don't know. If, is that is that good? I mean, it's cathartic for him, right? Like, <laughs> and he gets away with it. I don't know. Maybe. I, I like I I love like what I like about it is like how insane like that whole thing is like Dennis Hopper just cranks it up to 11 from nowhere in that scene and is just ready to kill his own son and grand yep. and then like it is just it escalates so fast 
like you couldn't believe like faster than like Usain Bolt I mean like <laughs> it's crazy that guy escalates <laughs> but there's just no like it's just so out of nowhere there's just no place for it in this movie so I don't know if I can I can nominate it plus it's yeah. not very gruesome like you get the implication that he bashes his head in with a hand with a uh shovel but you never see like any of the gore well is it bashes head or is he bashes back in well he hits him in the back and then he goes down and then he you see him swing it a couple more times and he's definitely dead so we assume the head eventually very fair happened. Um, yeah i'm filling in the blanks for the movie yeah i do so there's nothing else that really fits i do want to nominate the little girl anna sophia rob i think is her name as best supporting actress best non-charlie's actress yeah yeah she was all right yeah she did a good job yeah i mean she was Oh man, I can't imagine how intimidating it must be to go up against like Dennis Hopper when he's supposed to be mad at you. Oh my god! <laughs> and this was a tough role for any kid. I feel playing like that abandonment stuff is not easy to be like genuine. Like when you know what I'm saying. Like a lot of times it just comes across as like tough to do. I feel I don't know. It can be. It could feel like fake for me watching kids do this in movies. But she really pulled it off. I felt. Do we want to nominate uh, Nick Stahl as? Best, or do we want to nominate Dennis Hopper as worst? Worst what? Worst actor. I didn't think Nick Stahl did a very good job at all. I don't think so either. But I just want to make sure. I want to put it out there just to see. If I you mean, know, he's no that. Stuart Townsend. You know what I'm saying? He's no like, Stuart Townsend. That's for sure. I, I feel like that is the benchmark, and he's been fine in other things. So that goes a little ways here tonight too like i don't know i don't feel like it's necessarily the actor's problem like i feel like it's the material really the script and the, sure yeah whoever's directing it like you got a uh, emotionally of, checked out director yeah yeah well you got a guy who you from the sound of him you know should be making a movie more like deadpool right where it's like an effects driven action thing that's full of like splashy color and stuff but instead he does like this taut drama thing that is just on life support from the start. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't really feel like we should nominate the actors for worst this time. All right. Around. All right. Well, that's fair. So I think that's everything else. Is there anything else that we did not mention that we want to say is either really good or really bad about this movie that we want to keeping in mind? I don't really want to create more categories. I don't really, we really have to st- really truly not worst pool stand scene. Out. Is there? Is there? <laughs> no. <laughs> Although we we have a great pool scene in. Waking up in Reno. <laughs> See? Where they're drinking beers in the pool. That was cool. I like that. Yeah, that, w- that was a much better pool scene altogether. Like, that whole... Yeah, I liked when they were at the motel in that movie. That I mean, Even the first time around, that was my favorite stuff, when they were wrestling in the background of yeah. the shot and everything. Yeah. So Wrestling. Am I going to go watch that, like, tomorrow? You might. <laughs> I might. It's a, it's a great movie. It's always out there for you. It just proves that people can change, folks, you know? <laughs> if I can change and you can change. <laughs> we can, that's from Rocky Four, right? It oh. is. There you go. <laughs> we can all change. The re- the repetition of today is the first day of the rest of your life. Oh my god! As such a meaningful thing, and then like it loses it, any impact it would have had is lost by the fact that it's been told already. It, ha- it happened like three times, and then they're like tell it to her, and then she does, and it's just so weirdly a weird flat way to do it. But it's also just a really lame quote. So you know how before you mentioned like you know this isn't this isn't Kill Bill. You can't expect that these two scenes are in the same movie or whatever. You yeah. know how like at the end of Kill Bill, the first one, the bride tells. Tells Sophie, mm-hmm. whatever, and then like we don't hear her say that, and then we see her telling Bill, and then we cut back to the bride telling her, like, do that, but don't yeah. like you're saying, don't be like, <laughs> tell your mother it's the first day of the rest of your life. <laughs> and the girl's like, he's, but don't worry, he says it's the first day of the rest of your life. She's like, it's the first day of the rest of my life. Yeah, it's the first day of the rest of your life. It's like <laughs> yeah. no, and like. Then- Stop and then it. we watch her react as though, yeah, and I'm like we've already absorbed this information. We don't. I mean, we don't want to watch her absorb it anymore. And how how does this even <laughs> enter into anything? It's just such a weird quote. So, yeah, is there like a worst one-liner category? Is there? <laughs> no, we have best line. That should be the that should be on the poster, though. I mean, it's almost as if the characters have never heard that before in their entire lives, either. Right. You know, like that's a whole new like opened up a whole new world to her. Like, the alcoholics around them haven't heard the uh, the twelve step logo like. Well, well, yeah, and especially since it it feels like the daughter like walks up to Charlize and like puts a bumper sticker on her forehead that <laughs> says like this is the first day of the rest of your life. That's how it played. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, unless either of you have anything else to say, thank you so much for coming on, Zach. Zach, you will be, I think, the first and maybe the only guest in this program to come back for a fourth time. Oh You'll my. Be back in a couple months for a movie that I know literally nothing about called The Last Face. Well, that seems to be uh, all what I do. I just come in for the ones that we have known nothing about. Well, yeah, so so the far... The Last aside, Face? When did that come out? Aside from Italian ago, Job, I have no clue. 
Two years ago. We're yeah. that far now already? Wow. Well, no, 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 no. The last phase, it's in three months. We're right now in 2008. The last oh, okay, phase is cool. 2016, so... Oh, um, I didn't hear toward that. the end of the run, you know, five or six movies before the end, we're going to get to this weirdo movie that I, I've never heard of. Um, it's the most recent movie, and the only one... So, okay, so here's how little I know about that movie. So, next movie we're doing is Hancock. The movie after that is The Burning Plane, which I know nothing about. What? i never heard of that. I know. But between that and current day, I have not seen them all, but I know all of the movies, except for The Last <laughs> the Face. The Last Face. I mean, we'll have to do some research ahead of time to make sure it's streamable somewhere. As of whenever I put the list together, it was on Amazon Prime for okay. free. So uh, that's that. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know I love being on this show, and you know I love, I'll watch whatever for you guys. That said, I would love it if I could get an early early dibs next time you, you do a, a thing. Because I've never well, gotten to do a Fury Road you know, sort of. Situation. We have not announced the <laughs> next podcast that we're doing, but we're not actually letting people choose what movie, and we'll, we'll oh. let you know why. We can actually tell you when, when we're done recording. But the next one's going to be sort of a little bit of a grab bag because it's going to be sort of a little bit of a grab bag for me and Mike too, which I think is going to be fun. So cool. It's it's not for lack of love. Believe believe you me. Uh, everybody <laughs> who wanted to sign up for this wanted to do Fury Road, and we're just like. It's it's tough. I mean, I mean we I thought think even to the point of doing like two episodes for it. We <laughs> thought putting you on Italian job was like a good thing. We're like, oh, that's a good <laughs> yeah. thing. But as we totally. talked about on that episode, nope. no, it was fun. That was fun. Um, we had a good time. But yeah, so aside from that one, which we all sort of, you know, we were all befuddled by, uh, you're one of two so far in movies that we didn't know being good movies. So near yeah. masterpiece, pile of trash. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really, I'm really grateful that I got to see the yards because of you guys. So I appreciate yeah. that. That's still like I think close to, or if not top five for me. Like it's yeah. still very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more I like it. The more, yeah, it really it's a real sleeper hit. The more terrible movies we watch, the better all the other ones I've gotten. I think I, I, it's, yeah. it's, it's a grower, <laughs> not a shower. Very no, true. Very true. So for all things, <laughs> watch a throne, including Zach's previous two episodes, and eventually his next one, the classic, The Last Face. You can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter or Instagram. We're now on Instagram, so follow us over there. Pictures and videos and stuff, you know, the things you come to expect on Instagram. Hey, they're on our Instagram. So (laughs) go to those places. We've got lots of other shows. This episode comes out on Friday, June 15th, which means earlier this week, our Watch a Throne Magic Mike's crossover edition came out on the... Magic Mike's feed. So it is 99% the same episode that you heard last week, but a little bit of a different intro, uh, a more profane and vile intro, I can tell you that much. But yeah, I remembered what that intro was today. I was like, oh man, maybe I should ask him to cut some of that out. Oh no, we are leaving it all in there. <laughs> it is, uh, for- that is a TVMA <laughs> podcast, I can tell you that much. Cageclub.me, Facebook.com slash Cageclub, at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Watch at Cageclub.me. Email us. Let us know what you think. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And that was Zach Dazan, and we will see you next time on Watch the Thoreau.